Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 1/8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Good morning. Welcome to the Kickstart podcast presented by our friends at ProTaper. I'm Don Maeda, joined by Chase Curtis, Alex Ray, and Michael Antonovich on the phone. And uh, it is off-season week like four or five or something. And yeah. We're deep in it. We're deep in it. Guys are just getting back to the Supercross tracks and riding. And uh, you got out filming last week. Chase yep. did. And uh, the, oh, I wow. think the topic of today's show is Anton. Dude, right. Was he a was big a big GNCC racer on a factory. Di- what, okay, what is an official name of the bike? Uh, I have to look. Hold on. I just it's saw it. Factory Edition 350 EXC or XC something. XC. So. Caleb Russell. Let's be honest. At first, I thought I was riding a Husky when I went there this weekend, and then I found out I was riding a KTM. It is a. I think we're KTM a- XCF 350 KTM 350 XCF Factory Edition. Okay, that's a mouthful. There we go. Yeah, yeah the thing looks sick though, Anton. How'd yeah, you do? It looks good. Uh, uh, 49th in the 25 plus class. Nice. nice. That's, out of, that's, out of, that's a lot. Out of? Yeah, a lap and a half. I think it was out of like 100 guys or something like that. Oh, oh dude, so, you, so you DNF'd later than other guys? I, I think a lot of people pulled off after One the lap. first lap or during it too. Uh, mm. It was it was a mess. Dude, you know, it looked like ridiculous. We, we uh, even just sitting there on the starting line, like right before they sent us out as they were kind of going through the procedure to tell you, you know, like 10 second thing and engine is off. It just started raining buckets and I didn't have an umbrella. I was just sitting there by myself and I was just like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> you know, and then uh, it was chaos. I've never seen anything like that. It rain- It had to have rained a couple inches just in the time that I was on the track. And I- you you have to like look at the stuff on, on Instagram and stuff to see how badly those woods got because it was just landmines everywhere holes like up to the front fender you would come through and you'd be like oh that's not that bad and then you'd hit it and then just this tidal wave of water would come over you uh you'd see somebody just like going through an area and then just lock their bike up in a rut that was up to their foot pegs it was just it was fucking chaos man it was the craziest thing i've ever done (laughs) yeah so you were at iron man raceway yeah for the gncc was uh you competed on sunday Sunday, yeah. The four-wheelers are on um, the quads, as they like to call them. Those are all on Saturday. Uh, so that's like, I mean, a whole other world in itself. I think that they like they even have different trails and stuff that they have to go through, so it wasn't all the same. Mm-hmm. Seeing some of those guys just rip through the woods or some of the fast, flat sections of the Ironman property on those four-wheelers was unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to ride one of those things through the woods like that. Heck no. You know? Catch um, a real so yeah, wheel, go over the bars. Yeah, and I mean, they're just so big. Like, that thing would just be such a beast to try to manhandle because there's, like, rocks and tree roots everywhere and water crossings. And, like, just to fight that bull for two hours would just be insane. But there were so many people that did it, man. Like, people on, like, 4x4 ATVs, like Polaris and stuff, just sending it out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
it's a hardcore crew. Like, I'd, I'd have to see one in West Virginia to see, like, what those mountain people really are like because the Indiana ones, like, they look like everybody else out here in Illinois. They just look like farmers and stuff like that. But, dude, you, you come through a spot, there's guys out in the middle of the creek and waders. The water's up to their thighs. And then they're dude. pointing you on the line to take. Yeah, but they're there's sabotaging your line normally, right? Trying to get you going to the water hole? Uh, everybody that was out there yesterday pretty much seemed to be helping you out. Really? Uh, cause when I did it, a- when I did a GNCC in West Virginia, I came through a water crossing one lap and wheelie through it. And I came to the second lap and it was like three feet deeper cause they had dammed it up and the guys were pointing where to go. And I went there and it was the deepest part. And I went over the bars in the water and they're cheering and laughing. Maybe they saw you were yellow. But they yeah, maybe that. But they <laughs> but they had me pulled out my bike upside down and restarted before I even knew what was going on. Oh really? So they're there to help after you provide the entertainment. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah, there were there were a couple times yesterday like Mike Ulrich from Yamaha, like we, we came to this section and I was just watching, you know, ten dudes try to get up this like you had to go down this hill, go through this water crossing. The crossing itself couldn't have been more than, like, a bike length across, but it had to be three feet deep, you mm-hmm. know? And so, like, you just hit this little G out, and as soon as you hit the hole, like, the bike just, the front end goes down, the back the back end's up in the air, you know, because it's still going downhill. And then you fucking gas it, and then you try to wheel it out, and then, you know, you're just stuck there. But me and Ulrich sat there and watched for, like, ten minutes, and he, went, he and I was, like, you know, trying to pick lines to go through and everything. And then I got like 50% of the way up the next hill, which was basically like a vertical wall and got it sideways and then had to spend like five minutes trying to pick the bike up and get it upright. That's the other thing that nobody ever really thought about. You know, you look at the bottom of your tech tens and they're this like bitchin' real heavy duty plastic, this like dense rubber for no grip on the foot pegs. There is no traction on those. You know, imagine <laughs> no, trying to like, walk around in the slop like it was full-on slop you know you put your foot down and then your just leg would go out from underneath you uh like my thighs and all that i thought i was gonna blow my knee out a, a half dozen times yesterday you know <laughs> so to, yeah, so to clarify crazy. this was a press introduction for this new model correct yes yes so it was uh me travis stant uh jesse ziggler from cycle news. cycle news and then um Alan Brown from Dirt Rider. So there was going to be a couple other people like Jason Wygant and somebody from MXA that were going to come, and then they weren't able to at the last minute. Um, they so probably saw the weather, us. right? Dude, up until like Wednesday, the weather was looking good. I was like, hey, man, you know, 65, 70 degrees, this might be okay. And then like Thursday, that big rain system that's moved all the way across the country yesterday was coming. And yeah, I mean, the worst of it hit. And then as bad as our race was, like the pro race was even worse. You know, the best guys in the country on those bikes couldn't even get a lap without flooding them. Like mm-hmm. it was pure survival out there yesterday for sure. Okay, Anton, what was the kit yesterday? I assume oh, you wore uh, moose racing because they're the off-road specialists. Yeah, yeah, moose racing gear. Uh, I had the moose racing uh, vest as well. I had a back canteen on underneath the vest. Uh, and then I had Scott Roloff's uh, Tech 10 boots, and then you did the duct tape job around the top of the boot so water wouldn't get in. <laughs> that was pretty much pointless because as soon as you hit the first water crossing that was up to your thigh, all the water went in anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boots were probably like 25 pounds each when that thing was Whoa. over. They were just so waterlogged. Yeah. Uh, and then a showy helmet and Scott Roloff's, yeah. And uh, was it possible to get an impression of this bike at all in those conditions? 
Actually, you know what? It was. And I, I like halfway through, I started having to think like, oh, hey, you know, you are on a bike test. Like you should probably be thinking about how this bike is working rather than just like what you're doing. Um, and so I have to say this, like that 350 seems like the perfect blend of power. And I know you've ridden a 350 extensively, Don, you know, and you can say, especially for a vet guy, it's not as fast as a 450. It's just real, like real manageable. It's got the torque when you need it, but it's got a lot of good rev and a nice broad power band. And that's exactly what that bike has, you Mm -hmm. know, and in the woods, that's especially important. So it's not like trying to like rip out from underneath your hands or anything, but then the chassis is so good. You know, it was very agile. Um, which is important to knife through the woods because, you know, you'll be going and you'll think everything's good, but you know, on a split second, you have to cross up and make a decision and, and hop around stuff. So bike handled really well through that very agile. And then I have to really praise the suspension a lot because, you know, the tree roots and the, the exposed rocks and the chuck holes and all the stuff that's out there, uh, it soaked it up great. You know, it never like sent the bike off where the front end would like hit one of those things at speed and then kick one way. Like it, it handled it all really well. I have to say that the suspension was probably the biggest thing because the bike felt just so planted everywhere instead of just deflecting off every single thing that it hit. Mm. And that was a big deal because, you know, even if you watch the videos that like Axel Hodges put out there, they go up a hill and you might as well be on two flat tires because the bike was just sliding everywhere. But when you would hit stuff, the suspension felt just real tractable and predictable. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the motor was like compared to the motocross bike. Did they say anything about that? Is it tuned down or is it the same? They didn't really give us a lot of like uh, dynamic info about that stuff. But if it's anything like KTM's typical, you know, off-road stuff, there is some subtle changes to it, Probably especially like flywheel weight or something. Yeah. And then gearing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but bulletproof bike, you know, it, I did. I'm not going to lie. I DNF'd. Uh, I went a lap and a half of two laps that I expected to do. Uh, and I don't think I, I, I'm sure the bike got a little water in it. I'm sure it didn't help matters any, but I think I killed the battery and it wouldn't restart. I think that's what kind of did it. <laughs> How the many times did you have times, to restart the bike? Oh, probably over a hundred. <laughs> wow. Jeez, oh, yeah, man. For sure. Over a hundred for sure. Like, yeah, it had to be. You, you would just come through sections and then like you would think everything was going good and then, uh, you know, you would hit a bump and then it kind of kick you and then fell over. 100 might be high, but I, I it's a high number. Like there were times where you'd be going and you'd like, you'd go 10 feet, you'd fall again and you have to stand back up and hit the button. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, yeah. It was, uh, I'd like to do a dry one. I'd really yeah. like to do a dry GNCC. Uh, but I could imagine that yesterday, even if it was dry, would have been another kind of like really big challenge because of so many people that were there there were so many there were so many riders in the amateur classes that typically they just have one morning race and it's everybody on that line and the pro guys and the fast guys go out in the afternoon mm-hmm. uh but the iron man one gets such a big turnout they had an 8 a.m race and then a 10 a.m race and uh it would the track would have been destroyed if it was dry you know it mm-hmm. would have just been this different kind of square edge the tree roots would have developed differently um it would have been a lot faster, that's for sure. Uh, it would have been a completely different day. But, yeah, I'd love to do one again. It was fun. Yeah, it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to do, like, if – I don't know how many they have because I know last year they didn't really have any, but do, like, an actual test on that bike maybe in some dry conditions out here and, and see mm-hmm. what it's all about because they debuted it last year, I believe, the KTM at least. And I got to ride a buddy of mine's in the desert, and that thing, that thing was really fun. He put a recluse clutch in it, but – it was a really good bike. Dude, I, I don't – I can't imagine riding any kind of off-road without a recluse auto. Yeah, totally, yeah. It's such a uh, 
such a helpful tool makes you better off-road yeah if you put an auto clutch in your bike do you think you'd clutch it so much in the motocross truck you probably still would right i've ran one outdoors yeah i've ran one before i think on a i, I, read, I had one on my yamaha <coughs> it's a bit different uh, a little bit to get used to but uh it's it's a good feature i think uh, my dad has one in his bike like all the time mm-hmm. all the time he he's like man i don't even have to use the clutch did you notice yeah. that you uh Freewheel more with less engine yes, braking? Yes. Yeah, it's got a lot less engine braking. It almost feels like a two-stroke sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would use the clutch less. Uh, I would still do it, I think, out of habit. Just, just to build power yeah. RPMs up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I I didn't like it off the start. I thought it felt a lot different off the start, like doing starts. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get used to it doing that. Because, I mean, there was a lot of people there for a bit. I think Star used them. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they still do. I'm sure yeah, they, they might. Um, but, yeah, I just couldn't get used to it off of the gate. Mm-hmm. So, 350-wise, Anton rode a 350 there. Mm-hmm. I've ridden one a whole bunch. This year, Chase is the 350 specialist on, on our staff because he's got the Husky. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever ridden a 350? Have you ever tried one? Yeah, I think I have, like, once. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago, though. It's a lot of fun, man. It's, it's weird, right? Like, you can rev those things out kind of like a 250F. Yep. It's huh. just like baby bear's porridge. Um, maybe yeah. I would ride one of those pretty good because I'm better on a yes, slower bike, you, you think? probably would. Yeah. That'd probably so. be the right amount of power for me. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't just, like, whisk it throttle and eat shit. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, like, maybe, like, guys at your level, they could use a little more. But for the most part, I think that's plenty of power for about yeah. everyone. Yeah. So how do you feel on 350 versus, like, the... Gas, gas, 450 road last year. Dude, honest to God, if I were to go tomorrow and buy a bike, regardless of the color or whatever, I would I would buy a 350. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it, I finally understand what everyone's been talking about, having spent more than just a day on the thing. Mm-hmm. It feels like a built 250. Like, I've, I've ridden a, a buddy of mine who raced A-class for a while, amateur stuff. He had a pretty gnarly, probably illegal 270 mm-hmm. that he could race. <laughs> and, uh, dude... Like, that's all I can compare it to. It feels light. The engine characteristics still feels light, like a 250 would, but mm. it just goes. Like, it's it's, yeah, it's nice. a blast. I always thought that Barsha would have done good on a 350 because, you know, the way he rides his bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not too much power to get him in trouble. Yeah. Uh, not that he gets in trouble anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I get in trouble a lot. I feel like I could probably benefit from some of those characteristics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised. What, Shorty raced one, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was like the first year, right? Yeah. The first year they came out, and they're so much better than they were the right. first year. But Shorty and Alessi raced them, and they mm-hmm. felt severely outgunned on the deep tilled start straights. Yeah, I could see that, but I'm just surprised no one else has given it a shot. Really. Yeah, Cairoli's won how many titles on one, you know, yeah. overseas? Yeah. But I don't know. I know a lot of privateers will will have one, and that's what they'll ride as like a practice bike or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm just surprised. I'm sure someone's lined up on one, uh, privateer-wise, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and on that point, too, I'm surprised that more OEMs haven't adapted it because, I mean, obviously there is such a demand there. Yeah. And then even when, KT, when you know, KTM buys Gas Gas and we all wait for the Gas Gas product line to come out and there's so many people that think a 350 is going to be one of the first bikes that they make because it's such a good consumer bike for like yeah yeah you know so it's it's kind of out there to think that so many brands have overlooked it and they just keep producing the 250 and the 450 but you know i think there for a while there was 
hope that they would, and I don't I don't know if that's going to happen now. It seems like everybody now is just like, well, how long until we wait until switch to electric? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think every once in a while, though, we'll have a gnarly crash in Supercross or Motocross, and in a lot of those uh, kind of 350 extremists come out, mm-hmm. and they're like, we should be, everyone should be racing 350s, like yeah. the power, you know? I think it'd be interesting just to see yeah. if the sport ever goes speaking, maybe a less powered way. Speaking of like enthusiasts, like over over excited people, mm-hmm. there's this guy named Dennis Millis. Okay. And I think he's from Illinois. And he's all about the surface on the 500. Oh, yeah. The 500 uh-huh. two-stroke, right? Yeah. And long time ago at MX Racer, Maybe it was Transworld. I don't know. But I did a test, a lap time test, right? Right. <clears throat> we had a service Honda 500, and we had a CR 450, and we had, like, three different riders, and we went to some different tracks. And it's funny because all of us turned in the single fastest lap on the 500 two-stroke. Yeah. But none of us could be consistent through a whole motor on it as you could on a 450, right? Yeah. But this guy's like, Todd, he just saw those numbers. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. These four strokes. He calls them four pukes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but like on our 450 shootout video, which came out last week, yeah, there's I a couple comments. A comment. yep. He's all, tell the truth. All these are just frames for 500 <laughs> conversions. <laughs> yeah, I saw oh, that. my gosh. <laughs> so like there's guys out there that are such diehard 500cc two-stroke fans. Yeah, are just dude, crazy. Totally. Okay, have you ever ridden a 500 two-stroke? I actually owned one. I, yeah, had a, really? dude, I had a brand new 2004 KX500. Mm. We sold it. I don't know why that thing would be worth Dude. like twelve grand right now, yeah, oh. or even more. So you rode it though, right? Oh, I rode the shit out of that damn thing. Yeah. I don't know how I rode. I rode McGrath's around the parking lot at Kuya, and I don't know how you guys. Dude, gung 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 gung, crazy, huh? Yeah, insane. Yeah, have you ridden one, Anton? Uh, I don't know. It would if you had ridden one. It would have had to been a service Honda. The Hondas were way gnarlier than the Cowies. The Cowie was a more smooth. Yeah, it was friendly. I never rode a Honda. Yeah, I always so, okay. liked the Cowie. Yeah. We had, like, an original 500 that my dad bought through some, like, crackhead back in the day. Yeah, yeah. That had these really nice Excel wheels on it. But the compression on it was so gnarly mm-hmm. that, you like, we couldn't get it started. We had yeah. to find this, like, this kid that lived down the street from us. Um, like, you know, crazy, like, you know, Hoosier kid strength, like, little... Uh, street kid mm-hmm. he was able to get that thing going and then he would just like rip up and down the neighborhood on it um <laughs> but he was the only guy out of all of us and even my dad that could get the thing kick-started see you know, Mike, Mike's a big dude. 500 no That's not on this one like not this one but i know that i maybe rode that one like one time i was just like dude fuck this thing this thing's way too gnarly yeah. i'm never riding this <laughs> yeah no I, I don't know the cowboy especially if you found top dead center if you understood yeah. that principle then you boom just, easy boom. easy kick right so like yeah, I, when I worked for Cycle News, I used to race a KX500 all the time. My dad, on you know, my dad's suggestion, he's like, you should race the 500 class because they're a bunch of slobs and you might do better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. But, but yeah, so I was racing it a bunch. And I remember in my old house in Altadena, I had just washed the KX500 filter, oil and everything. And I don't know why, but I felt this need to start it. Mm-hmm. And it was actually dusk like sun was going down mm-hmm. and i was in flip-flops oh okay. man but i was so good at starting i'd find top dead center did it what about the one time that bike ever backfired yep. the kickstarter came back what about 
I didn't fall off the bike or anything, but I thought like the bottom of my foot was gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like so scared to look. I like looked and my foot wasn't bleeding or anything. It just hurt from the kickstart raking under my foot. Mm-hmm. Dude, I never found my flip flop. Oh, oh man. shot it out, huh? Yeah, I don't know where it went. I even looked on my neighbor's roof. I looked yeah. on top of our carport, never found my flip-flop. So There's the 500 that I had. I found it on Instagram. 2012. Oh. Look how fucking fat I was. A fat guy in JT gear. <laughs> yeah, jet boots, JT gear. That thing was actually pretty clean. Though. Oh, dude, it was brand new. Yeah. yeah. The thing was mint. Screenshot that and text me so I could put it on the video. Dude, that thing's sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to screenshot that one. I'm not screenshotting <laughs> no, that give one. Me the, give me the <laughs> no, no, fuck you. <laughs> oh, it's on your Instagram. I'll find it. Oh, jeez. No, you won't. It's I'm gonna archive it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, fucking ripping that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, with a pink helmet on, Jesus Christ, that was such an idiot, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you heard that Yoshimura is now making bicycle components? That's right. Their first product to market, the Chileo pedal, was over two years in development, and now they're ready for your mountain bike or BMX bike. Made in the USA and available in two sizes. You have to see these masterpieces of machining to appreciate them. They're most likely the last pedals you'll ever need for your bicycle. Now shipping worldwide. Check them out at YoshimuraCycling.com. Hi, Swap Moto Live listeners. This is Alex Martin. At Arai, every helmet is handcrafted with dedication to pursue gains and protection, and that is exactly why I choose to race an Arai helmet. This lifeblood of obsession with protection is driven by a single shareholder and runs through every person who builds an Arai helmet. This is what sets Arai apart. This is Arai. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel-related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at GuiltlessFoodCo.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. 
What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. Mm. So, uh, 450 Shootout came out last week. So, Vitals came out and ours came out. Has anyone else's anything shootout come out yet? I know. Because I know Dirt Bike's doing their 250 Shootout first. Yeah, I, I think uh, a couple have been done. I don't know when they're supposed to be posted. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What it's do you, interesting to, to see results, though. I always find it so interesting to, like, see who says what. Yeah. But, yeah. So, ours went Cowie, Yamaha, KTM. Husky gas gas Honda. Yep, but it's funny though because I mean this just proves it, we we've spent more than a day, but we spent a day with the test for everyone riding mm-hmm. together. But now we have Zoid who's mm-hmm. spent a little more time on one of the bikes, and he's like, maybe I would have changed my order a little bit. Really? Yeah. He said that after the race yesterday. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. But then like the thing is, the shootouts are it's a collective group of opinions between right. guys, right? What was Vitals? Vitals, the Yamaha one? Yeah. And then the Gas Gas? Yamaha, Gas Gas, KT, no. Uh, I don't know. I know Cowie was like fifth. I know their Cowie got fifth. Yeah. Right? And I, that's beyond me, but whatever. Oh, maybe it was Honda third, because I think there was a bike between the... <coughs> yeah, there the, was. There was two bikes between some of the... Oh, because they did the Suzuki too. That's right. Yeah. But, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Honda got sixth in our shootout, and you, you just sucked your teeth when we said that. Yeah, I don't know. You guys are high. That thing is so freaking fast. Well, yeah, it's well, super yeah. fast. No one, yeah. no one said – you can watch the video today. It just went up. No one said it was slow. Yeah. It, yeah, and the Cowies first, for Every, sure. Everyone just said they were scared on it. <laughs> Dude, Understandable. Map 3 is so fun on that Honda. Oh. Holy cow. But, no, like, I can get why the, why some of the guys said that into Kahia uh, being that track. Uh, the Honda has a sort of like a short wheelbase. Yeah. You know, yep. it's a very, very nimble, short wheelbase bike. So on high-speed stuff, you can say that it might be a little bit twitchy compared to a Cowie, which we've referred to as a boat maybe it's sometimes. a foot longer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a foot longer. You know what I mean? So at Kahia, whenever you have a high-speed track like that, the Cowie, I would say, yeah. would feel more um, at home yeah. than, a, than a Honda would. Honda would be a little bit twitchy. You might get a little, it might get a little nervous underneath you whenever you're on high speed stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. Which I, I'm Supercross only this year, so like I'm yeah. freaking tight stuff. Yeah, yeah baby, let's go. But I think like, <laughs> I think each manufacturer had has, they're aiming to please some crowd, right? Like yes. Husky, they're aiming to please a vet guy. Honda, I think, is aiming to please the faster dudes, like. You talk to a fast guy on that bike, they love it. Rene mm-hmm. Garcia is probably our fastest test rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He absolutely loves that bike. If he would buy a bike, he'd buy it. Yeah. So I don't think it's it's a bad bike. It's just yeah. who are you trying to please? You exactly. Know? So, okay, so you're going from one extreme to the other this year, right? Yes. You raced Cowie last year. Cowie's long, it's stable, 
it turns surprisingly well for as stable as it is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has this big, just can't crash a cruise ship feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And you get a Honda, which is super fast and ultra responsive and twitchy at times. Mm -hmm. What did you have to do with your sketchy, hanging out off the back, wide open riding style? Do you have to be more careful? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think like. Dude, if you click up to like third or fourth in the hoopties on a Honda, you're going to loop out. Mm -hmm. I mean, not third, but fourth, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like whoop, straight off the back. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Um, I feel like maybe I'm going to be a little bit better in like the 90-degree turns and in the bull turns. Maybe like getting in and out a little bit better than I was on the Kawasaki. Um, but uh, I'll just have to see. I'll, I'll know a little bit more. Maybe here in the next couple of weeks, whenever I actually do get a bike on Supercross. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hopefully, I don't eat shit too bad. <laughs> you know? Hey, so if, like, Jason came to you and he said, or I'm sure he's going to, but what do you want to do to the motor? What are you looking for? More bottom? Are you looking uh, to tame it out? I would say smoothing out the power just a bit. Um, the Honda, it just, it has, it has a gradual ramp, but I don't like how hard it hits i would want maybe right a off the bottom right? yeah right yeah. off the bottom i would want more of like a linear a linear curve to it mm -hmm. maybe take a little bit off the bottom and put it somewhere else mm -hmm. to where it's like a nice gradual um ramp to where it's not just so aggressive right off the bottom because dude i'm a hammer gasser you know i'm a fucking yeah. hammerhead so it's either all or nothing for me usually i mean that's just how i freaking yeah. okay so how to ride that being said though like when you rode our stock bike last week mm-hmm I guess good. Yeah. <clears throat> map one standard, map two's soft, mm -hmm. map three's hard hitting, right? Yeah. So like at our shootout, like I had fun in map three because it's just so woohoo, right? Yeah. Like, realistically, I probably way faster and more in control in one. Yeah. Or maybe even two. Like, did you even bother playing with two? No, it's way too many buttons on handlebars. <laughs> dude, I don't know what that, any of that shit. Right? Need to figure oh, that that I, don't I don't know what any of that shit does. Like, yeah, dude, that, that could be crazy. So you just wrote it the way I gave it to you? Yeah. Okay, so it was probably in map three. I don't know. It blinked a couple times. I don't know what. It'll it blink three times if it's in map three. I have no idea. <laughs> I actually, I it might be in a different map because I've hit the wrong button to turn the fucking thing off like six <laughs> times. So uh, who knows what? Oh, well, the map button map you have to hold down for several seconds to okay. change the map. So yeah. Did so they get like, rid of the clutch? You have to hold on the clutch to start. Yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. Okay. There used to be a safety thing like on a moped. You had to yeah. hold the brake or the clutch. Oh, nice. But like, okay, so at the pro level, you guys probably aren't going to fuck with that handlebar button, right? You're going to just go straight to a Vortex, I'm sure? Yeah, I go straight to a Vortex. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's that's what I plan on doing. I already have uh, a few at the house, so I got I just got to get a map and tuned. <coughs> so, um, yeah. Jamie Ellis, Twisted Velvet? Uh, no, I think Race Tech, I believe. Oh. Hmm. Hey, race tech in house everything for for our team. Mm -hmm. Shout out race tech, they do good Harley stuff. Nice, yeah, big Harley guy <laughs> over here. He's got oh, I got bars for sale, fucking three inch tall, yeah. <laughs> big guy over here, freaking Willie King. Yeah. Hey, so Honda probably spent how far back do you think it went for this generation? Six years. What do you mean? From when they said okay, let's start developing the new bike, like about six years. Maybe maybe long. not that long, but, but probably yeah. Do you think it was before they had Ken or after they had Ken? Before. 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 Isn't it interesting yeah. how how well this, like the more we talk about this power band and, and the bike, how well it kind of suits Ken's riding style? 
Oh, totally. And and you have to think about it too. This goes back to like Honda's kind of ethos on the 450 because that 08 450. And Don, you know this. That was a bulletproof bike, man. That was so Fuck, stable. I had one. The power was good. So yeah, good. and then the 09 universally hated. Oh. Guys hated it. The way that they changed the frame and the way just like the the handling and all that stuff was, and it seems like they really stayed to that kind of weird look wouldn't you say don like ever since 08 to now it's been this real nimble bike instead of the fast planted heavy 450r that they started with huh mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah back in the day and like it the worked for was him. a lot like the cowie i thought honestly like what i wanted to do like i'm i'm on hondas now i just got this honda two-stroke i'm doing these builds right um i've been actually looking at Putting your bike in an OH chassis. No, no, <laughs> no. I've been actually wanting to do like my own test. I don't know, like a YouTube video. Yeah. Like, uh, like a 06 to 08. They were all like that same type of thing. The O the O eight had like the steering dampener. I think that was the only thing that they really changed. Right. But the 08 had a very, very good characteristic of it. It was like one of the most comfortable motorcycles ever, right? I wanted to take like a 06 to an 08, like in that era, and build it up. Not fully, but, you know, do the suspension, you know, just do like a YouTube build on it. Yep. And then do like my own private test, like 08 versus 2020 fucking two. Mm-hmm. And just sort of see, like, do like a lap time challenge. That'd be cool. And figure that out. I don't know. I've I've been looking at them, like on OfferUp and, and, uh, and Facebook Marketplace. There's a lot out there. Yeah. And they're not bad price. No. So, I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he no, just that'd be smoked cool, his though. head. I think like a lot of people. What do you think, Don? Should we do that? I think you should. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. A lot of people throw that out there, like, "Oh, imagine if you were on James's '07 bike now." Like, yeah, yeah. Could we put it on Swap Moto Live? Sure. All right, I'll get one. We'll build it. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get. I'll get. I think like you a clean should do one. that instead of the two-stroke. The two-stroke's well, overplayed now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still gonna do it. I I like the two-stroke, man. I like. He already stripped the blue paint off his two <laughs> Yeah, I already stripped the blue paint. I just got my uh, my fork coatings and everything back from SGB Racing, dude. Nice, so everything. Nice. You got your forks back from SGB within the same year. This uh, fast? Yeah. Oh, well, you sent yours during Supercross season, which was very very <laughs> bad. So you had to wait Supercross and outdoors. It was like a whole thing. You know? And you're like media, so like he got to see. That's that's his thing. If you're media, if you he has your suspension. You're going to talk about SGB racing. Until you get it back. Until you get it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's He's smart, smart like that. Yeah, super smart. Yeah. yeah. This is the graphics that I'm doing. I'm doing like a 07. That's that sort of replica. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, I put my amateur number on there, 14. So. Well, I was thinking Kevin Wyndham. Well, I mean, because Kevin Wyndham was like one of my favorite riders. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Did you yeah. ever try to ride across a pond like Kevin Wyndham? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I had almost the same outcome too. It's like he did it freaking the Baja Brawl this year. Is he okay? Oh, yeah, he I broke his fine. arm though, right? Yeah, he broke his arm or in some ribs or something. Wa- in water? Or sternum, yeah. I heard maybe. Oh, jeez. Yeah, did you, did you ever see, see that? Video? No. Octane oh, got it. God. Shout out Octane. Dude, I'll show you. It's so he was Octane? trying to rip across water and he submerged the front Dude. end? Well, no, well, he, at no. The very end, at yeah. the very end, he hit the bank and the bank was like super sharp. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he just freaking into his brain <laughs> it was also dark as hell so yeah it was super dark saw. well that's no good oh dude i got chicks fucking snapchat mirror <laughs> damn shout out all the homies what's up i baby? can't were you guys surprised on wednesday wednesday yeah ap's on ktm no yeah i was dude it was so shocker. surprising shocker <laughs> dude i was more surprised that uh volan was on 
uh, Fox. Fox. That's sick, huh? There's a lot of little yeah. changes. I mean, he'd look better in O'Neal, but I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> like it's whatever. I, I know of I know of another KTM rider that's probably going to be in a different set of gear in the next month or so too, as well. Oh, wow. Marvin? Uh, no, I think he's done. Or not done, but he's with Thor. Stan and Thor. Yeah. Well, Cooper. Dude. Yeah, I think so. Webb's going to change gear. I think I I think so. Yeah. Dude. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not nothing against I mean, Thor, but it's just like Thor. Everyone, all three yeah. KTM guys run Thor. I look boring. All the Yamaha. Like, yeah. It's too much Thor. All the just, Hep Suzuki's. It just looks like team outfits, you it know? It does, yeah. Dude, I, I don't know, but Bogle looks good on that Suzuki, dude. Bogle does look good. I yeah, think. It's like, all right. Here you go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he was oh. probably about 10 CLs deep or so. But he just has know. a helmet on, right? Like no boots or anything. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah. He's just got a helmet on. <laughs> Daisy Dukes, too. Yeah, right? Oh, that's no good. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so let's get back to our, our shootout then, right? Like It comes out. I think the the response was like largely positive, right? I didn't see Yeah, any. there wasn't a lot of haters. The only kooks were the two-stroke guy, right? Yeah, yeah. That's all I saw. Yeah. Don, you know what's funny about the Dennis Mullis guy? I had a dream about him the other night <laughs> that after seeing his comments of, yeah. like, he started harassing – it's a dream, but he started harassing some racer and their girlfriend for, like, not liking 500s. And the, they came <laughs> to you and they're like, yeah, Don, they said that you know this guy. Like, he keeps saying that you know him and you're a friend of his and stuff. And, like, what's his problem? And I was just like, oh, my God, this man has, like, infiltrated my dreams now. Haven't thought of him <laughs> since we lost Transworld, you know, until now when he's in the shootout. And I'm just like, the insane one, yes. Does this oh, guy have a service insane. Honda 500? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's psycho, though. He <laughs> just has one. He, he's not the service. <laughs> no, guy, he's not right? the service okay. Honda guy. But it's funny. He might as he, well be. <laughs> he knows that I'm, I call the insane one because he used to send me all these emails. And I forwarded it once to AJ. Mm-hmm. But I actually replied to dennis and i said check out this email from this this guy's insane that's the insane one (laughs) man that's crazy yeah Yeah. we had some uh we had some crazy correspondence at uh transworld i think have you ever seen that drawing on my garage door the pencil drawing of the vault viking yeah i got this jail letter once and, you know, prisoners are allowed to write Who, is it J-Law? No, no, it was just some prisoner, right? Oh. And he's like, oh, I enjoy motocross and I can't ride right now, so I'm maintaining contact with the sport through your magazine and this and that. And I've picked up art since I've been here. And it's a very well-sketched pencil sketch, right? Yeah. But the drawing is this Viking uh-huh. with this big gnarly Viking mustache and this, you know, the helmet on, yep. that big metal helmet. Yeah. And his armor has a Transworld logo on it. Mm-hmm. And he's all, I call it Nordic Viking with Transworld breastplate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Right? Uh. And so, uh, you know, I thought it was sick. And yeah. I, I kept it. It was on my wall at work. And, like, now it's on my garage door at home. Yeah. The creepiest thing about it is in Transworld, my my uh, editor's column, there's this little picture of me in the corner, like, size of a dime. Mm-hmm. He cut my head out and <laughs> there's a little piece of duct duct tape taping it to the picture of the Nord- nordic viking with transworld so you're plate. the viking well i don't know but there's just this little picture of me smiling taped to this art and then years later i'm at paris and i'm on the starting line 
I forgot what race. It was some big race, though. And, the, you know, the guy out there, like, pointing at everyone before they drop the flag. He's point, and he points to me, and then he goes, oh, and he tells everyone to cut their engine off. And he comes walking up to me, and he goes, hey, buddy, how's the coin purse? And he's referring to when I ripped my nutsack open at Hangtown. Oh, yeah? And I go, oh, it's all right, right? And he goes, I wrote to you once. And I was like, oh. He goes, yeah, I sent you a drawing, and I'm all. Dude. Nordic Viking with Transworld breastplate. He goes, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's on my wall at work. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, you remember that whole story, right, Anton? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you met him like that, though. Dude. At Paris? He was a starter oh, at Paris. Hell yeah. Of course. <laughs> Back at Paris, dude. Of all the places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So he may be in SoCal. He may be listening right now. That's, dude, that's pretty awesome. sick. Shout so out. if you're listening, I want another drawing of a Nordic Viking with a swap model live breastplate. Oh, nice. And I want to know if they rip out the the pinup. Yeah, I've heard. I've gotten prison. letters from jail that said they used to take out the uh, poster. The prisoners mm-hmm. or the prison yeah. guards? The prison guards take the posters out. Oh, that's that's bullshit. They didn't want to give the prisoners masturbatory yeah. material. I had a feeling they would do that. Assholes. Oh, come on, dude. They fucking jerk your girl. You know, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That sucks. <laughs> that's a bummer, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So... We had a round. Was was that round two yeah, of the Ams Oil? It's round two. Fall Classic Series at LA County this weekend. Five hundred people showed up nice. to race. Do that track? Have you ridden that track area? No, dude. So it's in Palmdale. Okay. And it's LACR originally was like a drag strip where people go race their cars and stuff, but they mine the rocks and gravel or something. But so yeah. you know refined shift sifted dirt so it's like sandy but it's not sand it's just grit yeah so the tracks laid on this gigantic hole because it closed for a while years ago the track was you know level and now the track is like 30 feet down i didn't know down. it was level before it used to be level up there oh shit wow. there used to be a hole on the side that you jump into the hole now yeah but <clears throat> the whole track now is in this hole you go down this hole to race and you kind of jump out of it up on the top and back mm-hmm. down. Yeah. But uh, it's so different from tracks we have here in Southern California, right? Yeah. Because like here, what? State Fair, Paris, we're second, third gear. Fourth, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Glen Helen, second, yeah. third, fourth. Yeah. LA County is the only track I've used fifth gear on. Holy shit. But it's like so fast, right? Yeah. Like I think uh, – there's only one place on the track I go to second. Every place else is third, fourth, mm. third, fourth. <clears throat> so it's taken me like I've gone to like private rentals on Wednesdays like four weeks in a row to get used to going that Holy fast shit. and weird traction. That's because it's kind of this weird dirt. Yeah. And but the thing is, the jumps are all wide open jumps. Oh my gosh! Like here, you you see bouncing second. Yeah. You know, there's not really any third gear jumps around here on a public track right like the, no, the right. back one at paris yeah or that big one at state fair but dude every jump there is third and fourth gear like so fast right so yeah. i'm like terrified of it so it took me four weeks in a row to finally do all the jumps yeah and scrub daddy's been going with me and just kicking my ass because he he goes there a lot right yeah and, and he can jump. jump dude he can yeah. freaking jump but he's like you can't ask that guy for any advice about jumps because he doesn't no. know what he's talking about yeah He's like, oh, I'm wide open in second, and I give it a blop at the top. Yeah. And I'm all, there's no way. If I was in second gear, my bike would be at 12,000 RPM at that speed, right? But anyway, we went 
last Wednesday, I finally did the uphill triple and this other big jump on the top. And yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So we went yesterday and raced. I whole shot every single moto. Every single moto scrub daddy passed me and won. Dude. Oh, no way. He's never beat me in a race before, but he owned me there so hard. How does that make you feel? I, I was ha- he's. I race to be with my buddies, right? Yeah. Like, so, like, I'm happy that he won. I'm rather he won than that idiot in the checker jersey that landed <laughs> <Yeah>. on everybody. <laughs> there was a guy yesterday. Dude. I, I can't say shit about landing on people. Yeah, right? no, but yeah. still. You know? <laughs> it's like, okay, so the, the uphill triple is a fourth gear yeah. triple, right? And you land and you turn right. And on the right, there's this big hump. You got to go around the left. It's real far away burn. This guy, during practice, you know Paul Serafin? No. Scrub Daddy's buddy, the Hispanic guy? Maybe. Anyway, the guy lands on Paul in practice because I just see Paul laid out with the ambulance. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Because this guy just landed on me. So I didn't even realize it, but I've seen this guy at these private rentals, right? Because yeah. he goes there all the time. And he wears a Checkers MC jersey, like black and white Checkers. And yeah. I No kidding, he wears Bauer hockey pads underneath his jersey. It's like giant. Yeah. I didn't even notice him on the line of my race, right? Yeah. But he's in my race apparently. So I hole shot, and my buddy Kyle's in second. Here we go. And I do the triple on the first lap. Kyle does a triple. And Craig Davis had video on his phone of it. Kyle's going up the left side, and the guy goes up the right side Dude. and jumps to the left. Every oh, lap he did this. Oh, and his gosh. handlebars landed on Kyle's handlebars and, like, busted Kyle's hand. Kyle would pull off. Oh, shit. But the guy didn't crash, but like Kyle confronted him later and was like, you're you're an idiot, dude. What are you doing? You landed on me. And he's like, I didn't do it on purpose. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but we're talking about it. And he goes, I like to take off on the right because it doesn't get rutted, but I take the left of the jump, so I jump right to left. <laughs> he thought there was nothing wrong with that. Are you fucking He did kidding? it every lap. I watched him every but, moto. He would go far right, and then every lap just. <laughs> dude, you can't yeah. do that. No. You, you cannot do that. Especially there. I've done it, and I've been yelled at before <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah so anyway this guy i'm i'm if that guy had beat me i would have been pissed but, oh yeah but no scrub daddy scrub daddy beat me. we got we gotta make a new nickname for him dude he's like wind daddy or wind something. daddy oh no <laughs> with the cowboy freaking suit on like oh yeah, yeah. but i don't know it was fun though it was yeah good, it was a good time yesterday but we're going to go to a racetrack that gets bumps. Hey, so is there is do you have a Swap Moto Live race this coming weekend? No. No. It's, it's a while off, right? I want to say we have a couple weeks off, yeah. Oh. No. Are you going to take my dad riding while he's here? He's going to be here like Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, let's go. Do you go think he wants to race cuz there's yeah, he does a race. He might. There's like a REM October Cross race Saturday mm. on the big track Glen Helen and then there's like a Old Timers race Sunday. Yeah. I'll go race with him if he wants to race. All right, yeah. He's bringing his own bike, or does he need a bike? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll have my bike, so he can ride that or something. Well, you should ride the support class. The support class? What do you mean? For young kids. Well, I might have my two-stroke done by then, so maybe I'll do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, Anton, last week we loaned A-Ray the uh, 2022 CR450R test bike because their shootout was done. Dude, you Swap to- was mm-hmm. dressing all week. He was texting me. Dude, 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 don't fuck up my bike. Dude, don't, don't uh, fuck it up. Don't you bar- you it borrowed up. it for O'Neill photo shoot? Yes. Okay, so the catalog's done. What did you shoot in? Or uh, they just need pictures of you and O'Neill on it? Uh, no, we shot... Um, Spring we shot gear? A, uh, no, we shot a chest protector I that uh, oh, yeah. is uh, inside and out. Mm-hmm. And then we also uh, shot goggles. 
Ah. Yeah. Ah. So we shot uh, the new blur goggles um, with the magnetic lens, the the B50, and then we also oh. did the the new B40s as well. They didn't patent that, did they? I don't. I no, just saw Smith just it. came out with. Smith really? came out of the magnetic Smith has all the Smith and that Havoc, Havoc company, I think, yeah. or something oh, has true. it too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a lot of snow companies that have it too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so snow would be sick. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we just did uh, we did some photos with the goggles, um, some urban like uh, lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a lot of still stuff. I rode probably like 30 minutes, and then we were good. Yeah. I liked it. It was fun. A hard 30 minutes though. Yeah, fucking wide clad dude. Did you take a picture of the hour mirror before you left? No, I should have never. There's not that really picture. that many hours on it. I, so almost, I only wrote left, it twice. He left everyone without picking it up last week. Yeah, yeah, I just left. I forgot that I was no even bike. gonna pick it up. <laughs> but so he he wrote it for the photo shoot, and then I was like, "Hey, you done with the bike?" And he goes, "Oh, I can bring it back right now." I'm like, "Oh, what are you doing today?" Well, I was gonna go riding with Derek Drake, and I was like, "Oh." On that bike, did you need it? Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he goes. He goes. I can bring it back though. Yeah. If you want it back, I can bring it back. What do you want me to do? And I just, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I still need it, but I already washed it, so like, I'm not washing it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, what was my reply to you? It's like you're my you're my white son. Do what I have I? a choice? <laughs> <laughs> do I have a choice? You're my white son. <laughs> So, okay, so your your bike gets here this weekend, Your dad, the one that your dad bought you. Yes, so I think my dad's going to drive out either Wednesday or Thursday, uh, just depending on, like, work and everything, and uh, I'll have my bike. I'll have one does of he, them. Does he listen to the podcast? Is he that tech He does. Savvy? He does. Ronnie, bring my Elsinore. Dude, did I show you all those Elsinores he has? I know. Dude, he could he could give one to Yellow Dad. Oh. I co-raise his son. Dude, he, pro- he, <laughs> he probably would. Huh? Yeah, I don't have to own it. He could just let me ride Dude, it. Dude, he sold a rear fender on eBay the other for day. For hundreds, right? Yeah, for like eight hundred bucks. What? He has brand Holy new. Shit. He has brand new Elsinore plastic number plates. Yeah. Like everything at the house and yeah. in my house in Tennessee that he had just bought like a long time ago. He still has the receipt and like bill of sale from the Elsinore that he bought, which it was only like six hundred bucks. Oh, wow. For wow. for a one twenty five and I think it was eight hundred for a two fifty. Mm. He's got both receipts. Original okay. owner. Okay, so I've got a dilemma. Ronnie is coming out for the W USA Fat World Championships. I uh, possibly. I don't oh, know. Oh oh he's not okay, anyway. You know, I did that with him yes. years ago and like I want to do it again. Yeah. Mini Major West is the same weekend. Yes. So I need to talk to Aaron and say, Look, I want to go race. Which day would be better for me to miss, Saturday or Sunday? Because there's two separate days. Oh, yeah. That'd be a world championship. So, is Pablo coming? Uh, Pablo's trying to come, like, next week. Yeah, Mm. but he's supposed to come to race. Yeah, he wants to. Yeah, he wants to race. Okay. So, if Pablo comes, I have to leave one of the days and go race. Yeah. But. And we need to figure that out, too, because if my dad races, I want to be there. And I want to also have a merch, merch set up yeah. at Mini Major. That's so true. we need to figure out one day yeah. or the other. Why don't we just out. move the Mini Major to the REM track at Glen Helen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, we've been talking about Dan the Dirt and all that stuff also yeah. amongst our staff and trying to figure out team race pairings and all that. 
I mean, I know that one year you and I did a team race together. And yeah, it was super we, fun. Oh, but, yeah, we did good, didn't we? But now, uh, Kenny Taco Bells, I'm sure, recruit you as a teammate. Well, I don't know, dude. Twitch well, told me. Yes, <laughs> obviously, but he's down in the dumps right now. Dude broke his ankle yeah, on his birthday. That's what I heard. Kenny? Yeah. yeah. Doing Poor drunk guy. shit? What? Well, no, like one of his buddies kind of <laughs> fell down the stairs and landed on his ankle. Like, he just took him, took Kenny with him, and, like, they landed on the freaking floor downstairs, and he thinks he broke his ankle. His fucking oh. foot's, like, all big and Kenny's swollen. ankle's broken. Yeah. I don't know. But it's it's like his fucked up ankle, so it's already like has a bunch of trauma and like <laughs> pins and screws and plates and all that shit in there as it is. But yeah, I mean they fucking <laughs> they they fell down the stairs and now his fucking ankle's all swelled up. So he's like, hey, I was talking to him yesterday. I'm like, man, like are we out for day in the dirt? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm fucked. <laughs> so wow. we'll see. I mean he's still working every day, like on his foot and everything and walking around. So I mean I'm sure he's fine. But right now he cannot fit his foot in a brute. Yeah. yeah. I hope he's better because that's my teammate. Was I got to find another was this one. Was maybe not. something planned because he was scared of Kandari? Oh, don't get oh, him started yeah. on Kandari, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude I, I was vlogging yesterday at the race at LA County. And Cooney was just talking shit on, on Kenny Bell. I loved it. Oh, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Dude. So, okay. So, but anyway, Anton is supposed to be my stunt team race mm-hmm. member, my partner. And he's supposed to pair with Dahmer in the Moto Gogo. Yeah. All right. So I need a stunt team race partner because I think Anton's going to France now. I'll go. Oh, yeah, this I'll do race. it. You going to that. France, Anton? Wee oui, wee. Oui? I don't know. I gotta find out. I gotta find out this week if I can oui, go oui. or not. I want to race a bunch. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. So I'll be there. So if you need a teammate, let me know. I would need it for stunt, not for Moto Gogo. What's stunt? There's Two a tricks? team race Saturday, and there's a team race Sunday. What's the one with three? Because Bossa Nova, that's the one that Kenny's doing. Kenny's doing with uh, Pilo and Northrop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good team. Yeah. Damn, that's a really good team. Fuck, well, dude. it was a good team last year until Pilo pulled off. Yeah, Pilo <laughs> pulled off, and, dude, Kenny Bell was pissed. He's still pissed off about it. Because, like, Kenny Bell, this is his freaking race. Like, this is the only thing that he cares about all year. Like, he looks forward to it. It's freaking day in the dirt. Like, yeah. he loves this event. Mm-hmm. I mean, he likes to party. Like, we go out, and, you know, he has his, like, motorhome there set up, all of it, like, ready to go. So, I don't know, man. He's he's already had a talk with Pilo about this year. Like, hey, dude, you can't pull off. You can't mm-hmm. DNF. And, and But now I don't know what his status is with um, his ankle. ankle, and he hasn't even gotten his bike fixed. It's all fucked off still in the, in the garage. So, yeah. Okay, so Kenny's got this, like, disappointing teammate story from, you know, last year. Yeah. I think it pales in comparison to my disappointing teammate story. Yeah, I would say so. I teamed with Benny Tazi from Bell. Uh-huh. Like, he's like, yeah, it'll be sick. It'll be fun. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do it. I start the race. I the whole shot and I lead. I hand it off to him like in second or third. At third. He goes out. I, I don't care how we do, right? I just want to partner with my buddy, Ben. Yeah. He does second lap. I do third lap. He does a fourth lap. I do the fifth lap and I come in. And you know you haul ass in and you pull a clutch in. You have the, the the band, yeah. The you have the scrunchie on your right arm because you could hold the clutch in. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I look and Benny's got his helmet off, and he's like this on his handlebars, all tired, and he just goes, and waves <laughs> me by. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> he's too tired to continue. So yeah, basically it was like half team race, half Ironman race. Yeah. But the the year I did it with you, I remember I just got my bike from HEP, uh, practice bike. 
You raced with Supercross suspension. I raced with oh, Supercross suspension. Right. Yes. Yeah. It was so fucking rough. <laughs> the bike was chattering so bad that my axle, my rear axle yeah, came loose. That? My fucking, yeah, the I chick I, the that. chick I was dating at the time had to run back to the truck and get a fucking <laughs> wrench so I could tighten up my rear axle before it, before Don got back around. I remember that. I forgot about I that. I was so sketched out, dude. I rode like half the lap with my rear wheel just Fuck. just fucking slapping, dude. I was like, oh, oh. shit. I'm going to freaking die. Ay, ay, ay. Then the next Monday, I had to ride that bike on Supercross. I'm like, fuck, dude. What's this axle going to do? The whole bike's going to fucking break in half. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you raced a two-stroke one year, didn't you? I raced a two-stroke last year with Kenny Bell, and he was very upset with me whenever it blew up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't give up though. I fucking put. It, Wasn't that Zoid's old bike? Yeah, I just got the uh, cylinder and head back uh, from Apex <laughs> Technology. Still blown up. It's still blown <laughs> up. Yeah, I just, I yeah, I I set it in the side of the corner and I just I kept putting it off, putting it off. But I de- I finally sent the sent the cylinder and head off to Apex Technology and they got it like renickel sealed, everything all done up. I think he even ported the head a little bit, which is. Well, we got it back and it looked awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that thing together. So I'm gonna have freaking two strokes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny around this time of year how much more fast house you see at the track, like on a public right? day. Like yeah. all they all just come out of the woodworks. They're like, all right, it's time to start riding. Well, again. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know, I'm gonna I make I'm gonna they make race a, sometimes. I'm just gonna make an O'Neill freaking race, and it's gonna be at race. State Fair or Paris, one or the others, because I love those two places. What are you and gonna call it? I don't know. Sketchy Cross. And there's going to be logs and fucking rocks and all kinds of shit. And we're going to have fun. It's going to be nice. It's going to be the uh, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, sketchy. Sounds like how they got Enduro Cross started. Hey, let's do it. Hmm. So how is uh, training with Derek and Carson going? It's going good. How is Carson looking on his RMZ250? So he spent a couple days on Supercross. We went up to Atalanta. And, uh, uh, you know, he's he's getting better. Um, You know, like. I think with a few minor adjustments, because the kid's fast. I mean, there's no doubt about it that he's fast. I mean, he's been top 10, you know, in the outdoor series. He had a tough Supercross season last year, but I think I think this year he's going to come in with a little bit more confidence, um, way better fitness, and uh, I think uh, I think this next year he's going he's gonna to have a breakout season for sure. Did he take you to the Red Taco place? No, but I think he took Davey there. Okay, so it's open. Because my yeah. buddy's a sheriff up there, and he said he thought it was closed. So oh, yeah. They went somewhere, and fucking Davis had bubble guts or something shitting all over the place. So oh, that's got to be it. Then. That's yeah. Rotago's like up in the desert. Yeah. place is good. Yeah, it's a sketchy red building. It doesn't look like anything's in there, but it's good Mexican food. Yeah. Half the time, it's closed for yeah. failed health, health inspection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. They rode – Carson rode State Fair, and then Derek and I rode State Fair outdoors, and then we rode up in Atalanto at Carson's place and Derek and uh Carson both rode supercross and I mean Derek he he's freaking so gifted on a motorcycle it's crazy yeah. so he looks like good already yeah. um you know he's just got to work on a little bit more fitness obviously he just had his you know heart surgery 2 weeks ago today mm-hmm. um we all had a fitness test today so uh yeah we're freaking Okay so ready what to go. Is the fitness test is like a bicycle you got electrodes on you and an oxygen mask or something uh Yes, but uh, we just did ours. We just did uh, like a FTP test on Zwift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty much like you do your, like a little warm up or whatever on Zwift, and then we had our twenty minute FTP test. Like just twenty minutes all out, as hard as you can go. Fucking dig deep, right? So we all three did that this morning, 
and uh, we got our like, I guess our building point to where we like we are now. And then mm-hmm. I guess what is we'll, what is FTP? Fuck, I don't know. But is, what what does that measure? What does fuck it measure? this pace. Uh, yeah, huh? pretty much. Um, oh. It measures like so. It just puts everything. Um, I don't know. It measures like your wattage and your heart rate. So that way you can set your zones uh, for training, like your zone one, two, three, four, and five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. What was your heart rate the whole time? Uh, on the just like the twenty minute deal. Yeah, on the max twenty minute. Uh, I averaged one sixty five, and I maxed out at one eighty five mm. for twenty minutes. It sucked. It's terrible. What's your max? Like how old are you? Twenty seven. Uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. So, um. I don't know. Like, what's the highest number you see on a bicycle? On a bicycle, 185, I think. Dude. 185. I maxed today. Like, whenever I was done, like, right at the 20-minute mark, I thought I was going to pass out. I rode Holocrook Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that last right turn, climb to the flag. Yeah. I smashed as hard as I could there. I hit 187, dude. Fuck, dude. Like, off off the, you know, what they say, 220 minus your age. Yeah. yeah. And 90% of that's your max or whatever. I should be dead. That was my heart rate for the 20 minutes. Like, you could just tell. I was just fucking pinging the yeah. whole time. It's 185 right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's how mine was yesterday, riding my mountain bike for yeah. the first time in four weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. See, a few years ago, my heart rate, it wasn't as high as it is now, but I think I mean, it doesn't have much to do with, like, fitness as much as it was, like, I took two months off, and I didn't do a fucking thing, you know? And I drank way too much fucking beer. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's taken a little bit more time, obviously, like, a couple more weeks to get back to where I was, but, I mean, I'm already feeling, like, pretty good, and it's only been a couple weeks, and I haven't even really started actually riding yet, you know? I mean, I had mm-hmm. those couple days, like, whenever I went up to Atlanta, while the guys were riding supercross, I was just over there in the corner, like doing a little figure eight track, doing wheelies and stoppies, and we did like a balance challenge uh, mm-hmm. with Davies dudes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I cruised around the supercross track, did a couple doubles, but other than that, um, we haven't really started riding yet. So, um, I'm excited about it. I already feel pretty damn good. So, yeah, it's gonna be a good year. Uh, so when you're, were you at Carson's place? Yeah. Was uh, any of the Moto Concepts guys there? No, it was just uh, me, Derek. And Carson and Heart Fart, Heart Raft. Oh, okay. I think Brayton's going to be out here testing this week. Yeah. How's Heart Raft looking? Good. Yeah, he's yeah. good already. Yeah. Dude, guy proposed in short shorts. Oh, that's right. Funny. You like that? I like his shorts. They're like mid thigh. Heck yeah. Oh, he's got to show off them freaking legs he's got, dude. Yeah. Have you seen them things? It's like someone molded them out of a rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is uh? What does Heart Raft think of his teammate Bogle? Is he stoked to have another guy? Uh, yeah, I think he's stoked to have someone else, um, you know, like, I guess, you know, for, like, testing and, you know, hearing what he has to say about the bike and just developing and everything. I think that uh, he's really excited because um, Bogle has been on a lot of teams, and I'm sure he's super knowledgeable about setting something up or, you know, knowing what the engine needs because uh, Heartraft, he hasn't been on a 450 very long because, um, you know, he's been on a 250, and – uh you know, he may not, sometimes he may not know which direction to go. I feel like maybe now, I mean, it was good with Anstey, but at the same time, Anstey, he's like a foreigner. Like he hasn't ridden Supercross in a long time. Yep. And maybe Anstey, you know, was going back and forth a lot. Didn't really know what was good, what was bad. Um, so with Bogle, I think being here in the States, riding Supercross every year, being on a 450 for a lot of years, I think they can help 
develop that bike even more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that will help heart wrapped in the long run, hmm. having someone around like that with the knowledge. Hey, where did Nancy end up going? He's at Rocky Mountain. Yeah. They just haven't announced it yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do I don't even think he started riding yet. I don't no. know. Do you see who's doing their suspension now? Rao? Uh, yeah, AEO. AEO? Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be good. Yeah. That's pretty close. I imagine that's got to be pretty close to factory yeah. stuff that they were on last year. Hmm. Well, anything else? Mm, none of you guys were surprised by AP? <laughs> no? <laughs> I was surprised mm-hmm. that he stayed in Thor because I know there was a lot of offers out there. Um, yeah, it sounds like all for those, him. Yeah, all those offers have can gone elsewhere now. Oh yeah, I guess so. It's bidding wars, like crazy. bidding wars. Uh, Justin Cooper. Hill, PRMX. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah. So four fifty. Yeah, four fifty. Justin. Oh, Hill. are you and Rod Bell good? You guys. Yeah, good? yeah, everything's great. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah, no, we're good. That's disappointing. Yeah, a little no, bit. I, I mean, like when I look at his Instagram, it's like. She's not with Jason no more. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, I mean, they left all on good terms. Like, you know, they wish each other the best. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's not really like a breakup. It's Honestly, it's just business, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we, we Jason sent him an offer. But yeah. there's, you know, some things he wanted to have that Jason really couldn't offer him. Like um, Housing, was that mainly it? Like the housing? Yeah, the south of the border yeah. thing was really, was really Rod Bell's selling point, yeah. um, I think. And then, obviously, he rode the bike, and the bike was good. Um, better than our 250 program. And, he, well, we we were a 450 team all year last year. Right. Supercross, outdoors. It wasn't really supposed to be that way, but the availability of the 250s last year, we just couldn't do it. We didn't, No one had bikes. No one had 250Fs. So um, we were all like – Rod Bell was kind of forced, I guess, to ride a two, or a 450 in Supercross. And then uh, – so, yeah, he wants to be on a lights bike in Supercross, and I think he rode the bike there, and he really liked it. He said it was super fast, and the suspension was good. So um, that all that together, plus the south of the border thing, I think is what really, you know, drug him sort of that way, which is fine. I mean, he grew up in south of the border. He spent a lot of years there. He knows everyone there. Like, he, they all work and gel really well together there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's just where his heart's at, you know, which is nice, you know, and I'm hey i think you know when you have something like that around you and it just works i think that's that's something that will help you in your career and to get better you mm-hmm. know and that's what he wants to do which is hey mm-hmm. i respect that you know hey anton have we heard anything else on dean he was gonna stay fair today like because dean because he's not on dean he's not going to the track with like like the the team testing crew or anything like that like he's not on doing what everyone else is doing he's doing his own thing it's just awful. um might have just been like him getting back into it he is staying okay. yeah there was a little bit of like from what i've heard there was a little bit of like oh is this going to work out or not uh because of zach's decision to stay racing right like zach zach telling everybody all through i mean and he told me this in south like he's like hey i'm done yep. you know all summer he kept saying he was done he had made peace with it even when i filmed that video with him and bradshaw in idaho Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of hard to even be like, yeah, you know, two retired guys because Zach was just so open about being retired to like me and other people around at that point. Um, and there was no indication that he was coming back. Yeah. And then at Hangtown, I had kind of started to hear like, oh, you know, maybe he's not retiring. You know, Dean is in for sure. Malcolm is in for sure. RJ, Styles, Jalik, like those guys are good. Um, they wanted to figure out something to keep Varese, but they were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with Zach. Mm-hmm. And then, because like there was even talk of, of 
a retirement party being planned for Zach that KTM and Husky were going to put together. Right. Um, so then when Zach changed his mind and came back, it kind of seems like it put Dean's position into a little bit more precarious situation. Um, you know, are they going to have all the time to take three guys riding all year? Well, I think that remains to be seen. But also, you know, who knows how good Zach's back is going to be. Um, right. This is one of those things that, that could totally be another problem. And I want to see Zach do well, and it sounds like he's got everything figured out. But Husky needs to keep Dean how they have him for a bit, just in case they need to have him do what he did this summer and keep bikes on the track. Totally. You know, he did a great job of that this year. And why he pulled off after so long was happening, you know, he had earned his contract. He had earned his job for next year. And it was mission accomplished at that point. So yeah. I think there was a little bit of back and forth of was he going to get to keep that deal or not going into 22 after Zach's retirement was off. But now it seems like, hey, no, we have everything set up. He is good from what everybody's been telling me. But there was a little bit of like, uh, let's see what happens here with Zach a couple weeks ago. Right. Okay. And that's crazy, that's too, with the, the back stuff because – like a slip disc or like a bulging disc, that can flare up at any time, right? Yeah, that's what's like Oof. just takes one crash during the season. Well, or it just one takes one seat bounce. Case. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. dude. Yeah. Or one reaching down to get your luggage out from the seat in front of you on the airplane. Right, that's Shane, right? Yeah, Michael. Yeah. yeah, dude. So it'll be interesting for sure. That's crazy, man. It's terrible. So oh. what? What you said, Varese? Is Varese not staying on the team then? Um, Varese has had a bike, and he's out there and around, yeah, I've but like seen him. he's not any, he, you know, from everything that they had told me a couple weeks ago, there was no indication that like, Hey, we have a spot for him yet. And this mm -hmm. kind of goes back into the whole KTM wanted to add a second two fifty rider. Um, at one point this year, from what I had heard, and there was, they were looking at people and, and, you know, master pool was on the short list. And so were a, a few other people and they were really paying attention to who was riding the two fifty class on like KTM and Husky and gas, gas equipment. Um, Varese's deal, you know, for him to ride the Husky bike and then them letting him use his factory connection suspension was a really big deal. And mm -hmm. they just really like Josh's dynamic. They, they've seen him around Southern California forever and they want to keep going with him. But as of right now, I, they don't know, or as of what it was a few weeks ago, they didn't know what they could do. And there's been no confirmation of like, okay, we're going to go forward with him, but they've been able to keep him on a bike. But it, it, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to say, like, hey, yeah, he's going to be racing with us for sure from other people I've talked to mm -hmm. even yeah. this past couple of weeks. I wonder if it's gonna, they're going to keep him close with maybe the AEO, AEO team. AEO guys? Yeah. 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 I wonder when that's going to get announced, all that deal. Mm. Hey, do we – so Marvin's training with DV now? No more Alden? Yeah. A lot of people are leaving Alden. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, there's a big turnover at Allen's this year. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of been a, a long time coming, though. You know, there's there's guys that have that window of how much they want to do it for how long, and if it's going to kill their career and make them want to retire, they got to step away from it and, and, and stop. Uh, so for Aaron and Malcolm to get this opportunity, like, those guys have two good years to work their asses off and do exactly what they're told to do and see what the results are. But a guy like Cooper, a guy like Zach, all those guys, I think that they're at that point where like, Hey, I don't need to be, you know, held to that accountability and that program every single day. And they were ready to go. It happens all the time. You know, I was at, I was around one rider at the week he left Alvin's place and just how all of that stuff went at that time. And it was just very interesting to see that dynamic and just how, 
how they have to go through that, you know, because that's not something that they can just do on their own. They have to tell the team. They have to find a replacement place to ride. They have to, you know, not only is it a track you have to go to, who, where are you going to take your care of your bike at? Is the right. maintenance shop there good enough for that? Is the team going to allow you to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, for them to have, like, Jason leave how he did, Zach to leave how he did this year, Cooper to leave how he did over the summer, that really does take a lot of resistance within the KTM group because they've dumped so much money into Alvin's place. They yeah. really believe that that's their place, the same way they believe that uh, campus that they're building on, you know, Innovation Court up in Murrieta is their home office. Like they, they're not afraid to sink money and stuff. They just want to see the guys stay with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cool. But like you know, even on the guys that are leaving Alvin's, there's still a lot of guys going down there. Like Bowen's going down there, and he'll do that, you know. And other stuff that they've done KTM through Alden, you know, he's helped out Hurlings at a certain point in time. He helped out Caleb Russell. Like he actually does have quite a big hand in all that stuff. So while there are a lot of people that like raise an eyebrow as to why these guys would leave, it's not like Alden's getting ready to like put a lock on the front gate you know there's so much more stuff that's going on behind the scenes that people would never see husky doing photo shoots down there ktm doing bike test stuff down there when nobody can see it you know if they okay perfect example vital put out a photo a test photo of that brand new 23 bike that's you know that's not going to happen if you do it in florida where nobody can see it and that's part of the allure of star buying Ricky's old place because Yamaha is right there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to use that same piece of property for a lot of testing stuff. That's completely private that no one will ever see. Right. Wait. So Lindsay, he posted, it posted a picture, blasted it everywhere. Dude, I have a picture of that from like yeah. February. Yeah. But he, it looks like someone, cause it was obviously Supercross last week. So it was AP at the Marietta tracks. That's, <clears throat> that's the only place they've been riding those bikes right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just because they don't want to even transfer them by van to Corona, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like someone was just poaching with their cell phone by that front gate and mm-hmm. just zoomed in because it's all pixelated and shit. <laughs> Dude. So maybe Roger from 7 jumped up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I mean, we I, I have a picture of, yeah. of that bike from like February at Glen Helen. Yeah, Glen Helen. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't blow them out like that. No, yeah. Oh, well. You know, it's so even being with the KCM guys this weekend and talking to them, it's so interesting to hear what these brands are thinking right now and how they've really come around in the last 18 months. Um, and even, you know, the top brass at KTM will tell you this. They put out that whole year of Jubilee video. They're trying so hard to just keep pushing the envelope where they could just stop. You know, they know how many bikes are out there. How much better could a bike really get, you know, Don, after after you guys rode all of those 450s? Like, what else is there really left to prove? And then how do they find that next degree? Where do you find that next frame change or that engine change or whatever that completely, you know, sets yeah. this bike up on a whole different plane? Like, I'd love to know some of the stuff that goes into that planning and what they're looking for because it's unbelievable. I will you say, know, though, I, a, I think KTM, the next – crazy innovations that's coming to motocross it's going to be ktm that brings it i'm pretty sure yeah I mean, look what they've done definitely what do you think who do you think's gonna have the first electric bike again i think it's KTM. honda's got it well ktm's already got an electric bike they got the free ride e yeah i'm talking about moto 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 yeah i don't know mm. i know of some i've heard some whispers in the last week or so about some of the stuff they're they're trying to 
push onto the production bike in next year, come 2023. And if they can do that, that's, it's insane. Stupid. Mm. Wow. Hmm. What do you think? Hey, somebody wrote us a letter about, uh, you know, that Anton, that Kawasaki initiative. Uh huh. I can't remember what it was. It said something here. I'll read it. I'll find it. Something to do with supercharged electric two-strokes or something. What? Oh, Jesus. Was it was it the 500 guy? No, it wasn't Dennis <laughs> Millis. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, talk about that a little bit, Anton, that Kawasaki thing. Yeah, so, you know, a couple – this has been within the last, I think, year and a half, but all of the major Japanese OEMs signed this agreement where they're going to kind of go after more electric capabilities on bikes. Um and it's happening. You know, it's already out there. Harley Davidson has done it with the live wire. And that's been a pretty mixed response, I think, and on how that thing goes. It's just so new. But, um, yeah, you know, K- Kawasaki said by 2035 they want to have at least 10 new bikes that are all electric powered. Um, and, and, you know, and just talking to the gas gas guys, too, I think the big or the KTM guys as the whole group. The big place that I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff come into would be entry level kids bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get kids on more bikes. You know, you have to you have to start them somewhere. And we see it at the the race series. We see it. We see it with the Stasic class. We see it everywhere. If it's something that mom can just throw a battery on the charger and then walk the kid down at the end of the street where there's a cornfield or bring him to the track or something like that, and it's no maintenance, no clutches, no air filters, no none of that stuff. That's going to make it to where everybody wants to ride. You know, mm-hmm. the town I live in, if some little kid had a 50 track right next door to my my back window, I would love for that. You know, I think that would be great if you had a little, a little KTM E5 or whatever it is. Yep. Um, and I think that you're going to see that happen more and more. You know, think about how there were so many people that only they ever rode two strokes, this whole generation after generation after generation that only rode two strokes. And in the early 2000s, here come the four strokes really making a big impact. There's pro level kids right now that have never ridden a two-stroke full-size motorcycle we're 15 years away from there being some kid that's like a hot amateur that maybe will never ride a gas-powered bike gas-powered bike you know that that's not out of the realm of possibility right how that goes when we get there who knows you know but it's something that's going to happen it's inevitable wow yeah yeah i can't find it it's scary to think about though like you think about all the the exhaust companies and stuff like the, to when you take that the aspect away i mean the fuel companies like that's a big big chunk of uh employees FMF. and and companies that are just like oh <laughs> i know i got fms speaking of yeah. FMF, i gotta hit up little d i gotta get some pipes from my CRF and that is true that is true chase but at the same time too like the same companies will just do what they did when it was two stroke versus four stroke you know a lot yeah. of a lot of pipe companies had to stop making expansion chambers and get tube benders. They'll yeah. just find some kid to program chips to like hop up ignition packages or something. Yeah. Like there will be there will be stuff that's out there that will have to go by the wayside. But fuck, man, that could like open up a whole new potential for battery pack power or something. You know, the next the next big bubble for or not bubble, but the next big like untapped market for us in the industry could be electric. Yeah. And it's gonna have its it's gonna have its shortcomings, like it always will, you know. It'll, but we'll see what it does. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like gas, man. You do? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, okay, we're gonna wrap this up because we've gone one fourteen right now, one fifteen. Well, 
before before we leave, I, I got to say that Uh-oh. I did drop a new shirt on my merch <laughs> website, <laughs> alexray.co. So please go there and uh, check it out. If you want a shirt, get one, please. That's the sketchy NASCAR shirt. Yeah, the thing's sick, dude. Yeah, I, I like it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that's all going good. So just go there and uh, maybe I'll throw in a jersey this week. Um, mm. So if you go there... Go there, buy a shirt. Um, I might throw in a jersey in your order. You know what else would be a good giveaway? What? Oh, I, I, I have a Carson Mumford jersey, too, that I need to give away as well. Yeah, we'll give that away. But like a, <laughs> a used clutch lever off one of your bikes, autographed. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I have those. That would be good. Mm-hmm. Or just a clutch plate, like a fried clutch a burnt plate. plate. I have a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just all your steals. Just yeah. That would be sick. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Pro Taper Kickstart Podcast. We will talk to you next week. Since 1991, Pro Taper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.